Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I am your host, Lucky, and today we're going over to the Al-Anon subreddit. But before we get into that, if you guys are new here, basically, this is what I do uh, six days a week. And yeah, I just go to different mental health or subreddits that have anything to do with mental health, give my general advice. But also, I just want to let you guys know I am not a professional by any means. So uh, I have just had experience with my own mental health, uh, being hospitalized, all that, uh, all that good stuff, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, I, I explained that. Uh, if you guys ever want to hear like my story, um, my very first video on my YouTube channel, it probably explains it the best, but um, I've sprinkled little doses in here and there. So anyway, uh, also, if you guys are new here, Al-Anon is all about uh, people who are dealing with a, uh, a an alcohol, or typically it's an alcoholic, but it, it I've seen some where it's like different drug problems. Um, they're dealing with somebody, either a significant other or a family member, very close family member, um, basically somebody who qualifies you to be an Al-Anon. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so typically people will, uh, will refer to their significant other or the person that is an alcoholic or drug addict uh, as a Q. So if, whenever you hear the word Q, it just means their qualifier or the person who um, qualifies them to be an Al-Anon, so an addict. Anyway, uh, let's go to the first post here, which says, he called the cops on me. Yesterday, I left to go to a hotel. We are in the beginning stages of splitting up, and instead of trying to talk about things in a rational way, which we all know is nearly impossible, I had to block him in. I, I had to block him on my phone. He said he was coming back at 9 a.m., so I thought, okay, good. I can have the house to myself tonight and pick up some things I need. I felt nervous staying there with my son. Then he texts me. At, uh, then he texts me at 9 p.m. I said, "Which it, which uh, I said, which is it, a.m. or p.m.?" And he just said, "Yes." I asked him another question, not a yes or no question, and again he said, "Yes." I could tell he'd been drinking from the love bombing messages he was sending earlier. So for peace of mind, I finally blocked him. I left my son. I left him with my son and our two dogs. One is his dog. I left him a note saying, "I will bring the dog back in the uh, in the late morning after I take him to the park for his exercise." He started blowing up my friend's phones, and then about uh, 11 p.m., I got a phone call, and it's a police officer. He said that my husband called uh, because he was co concerned for our well-being and because I took his dog and the gun, which is registered in my name and obviously didn't want him to have access to it during this time. I explained what was going on to the officer and how my husband was a, a severe, uh, sorry, has a severe drinking problem and that I needed to leave. He seemed very understanding, said the dog is considered shared property, and that this sounds like a civil matter, but he was totally trying to paint me as a mentally unstable person who tried to steal his dog and had a gun. Uh, by the way, she's talking about the the, the husband, not or the ex, not uh, the cop. I, I was thinking that at some point, so if, even if you weren't, I just wanted to clarify that for anybody who thought, like me, <laughs> uh, wow, is the next uh, part of this thing. Uh, but the cop did tell me that I can turn the gun in for safekeeping during this time, and that uh, and that I can also call for a police escort when I go back to the house to get my stuff. Oh, that's wow, that's really cool. I get take notes, everybody. I don't know where she lives. Uh, you know, if this is everywhere, but sounds about right. Uh, so there's that. Uh, yeah, last convo I had with my my husband via text was him asking to go to relationship counseling, and I said maybe if he gets into his own therapy and substance abuse treatment first, and that he will have to set that up himself. Crickets. Then later he started acting absurd via text, so I blocked him. Then he called the cops. I have exactly one more week until I get the keys to my new place. I really need strength and clear mind to get through this. Yeah, so obviously, congratulations to this to this uh, woman. 
person? Uh, whatever. Uh, congratulations to this person for um, making it out of that. Um, you know, listen, love is a very complicated thing, as we've, you know, as we've seen a lot on this particular community. It's a very complicated thing that everybody from the outside might be able to say, you know, like, oh, yeah, obviously, you know, obviously, I, I, we've all heard this before, right? But when you're in the relationship, it's love blinds you to so many things. There's so many faults, right? Um, it, it's probably just that, 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 that dose of oxytocin that just gets to you, you know, where it's, it's just this idea, by the way, oxytocin is basically what they call the love drug. It's what happens when you cuddle, what happens. But one of the things that I was just watching the other day was this, um, scientist that was actually mentioning what testosterone actually does and what oxytocin does. Uh, I'll save the testosterone because I don't remember it too much, but what oxytocin does, because a lot of people think testosterone is the aggressive, um, excuse me, is the aggressive uh, um, uh, hormone and oxytocin is like the love hormone and stuff. But what it is, what oxytocin actually does is it makes you uh, affectionate towards people that you think are the use, right? The, the people who are close to you, but it makes you very violent and aggressive towards people who are against you. P case in point, women are typically drowning in oxytocin. Therefore, this is where we get the, the mama bear syndrome, right? Like if you go after a woman's uh, kid or something like that, she will go after you. I don't care if she's 5'2 and weighs 100 pounds and you're 300 pounds. She'll go after you with the strength of a bear, right? That's where the idea, that's where the, uh, the, the, the hormone comes from and but it, it does come around when we're, when we love somebody and one of the things that it can do is that it it uh it can blind you to certain faults because you've already accepted this person for who they are uh so to speak and you know you've accepted them for their, their faults and everything so um you know a lot of times we don't typically we don't we can't typically tell um you know the, we, we can't exactly see everything from a third person lens so i'm always it's always with a heavy heart that i say like congratulations in these particular situations because i really wish that it could um best case scenario that they could reach these agreements but obviously the husband is not into it he is not trying to get better and this is the, this is the point right um the, the ultimately the person or the cue the addict has to take the steps themselves to help right interventions do help um, they can help, but interventions are more like, Hey, listen, this is affecting more than just you. It's, it's more like a, like a wake up call, but ultimately that person is the one who has to take the steps themselves to, um, to help themselves because if they don't, um, they're just going to be, they're just going to want to, uh, get back to what they do um they're gonna probably blame everyone around them for oh yeah no they're just they're just squares bro like forget those people um they're ultimately the ones that have to make the first steps um so you know and when they don't then that's when you have to make the very difficult decision you know do you cut this person off uh from your life and sometimes unfortunately it, it that's that's a yes so um i really do wish them the best uh and that that week is gonna feel like a long week but Hopefully everything works out well for you once you get your new house. Anyway, let's go on to the next post here. She overdosed yesterday is the title of this next post. My Q and I split about a month ago and have been fighting off off and on ever since. It's the same fights we had before the split, all revolving around her drinking and alcohol dragging us apart. Two days ago, I told her the only thing I ever wanted to discuss was the dogs because we share custody. Yesterday, her sister got a call from the cops saying they got called because uh, she overdosed. 
and they're taking her to the hospital. She's now in the mental health ward and isn't allowed to contact anyone right now. She threatened to kill herself as a cry for help so many times in our relationship, and it was always when she was blackout drunk. It's one of the reasons we quit. She never understood how hard it was to watch this from the outside. I don't know how to feel. Guilty for sure. I know logically that it's not my fault, but my knee-jerk reaction is to think it is so. I have uh, I have to rewind uh, I have to remind myself it isn't. I'm just so tired of this cycle. Yeah. So once it, this kind of correlates into the last one, right? Um, whatever that your cue decides to do, um, or whatever the person that you're with, or you know the the addict um, that is close to you does, mostly is probably not your fault, right? Unless you're an enabler, um, and even then, it's ultimately them that makes the decision towards the end of the day. But um, yeah, when we're talking about like things like this, uh, you know, people have to realize how draining, absolutely draining this kind of behavior is. I never actually realized this until one day I had a friend who every single time we got together, um, we she would just like bombard me with all the mental stresses in her life, which by the way, I'm not, I'm not saying that if you have a friend, you can't rely on them, but it was like every single time and they never worked on it. Right. And if, you know, I don't know if you guys remember this metaphor, but we talked about this metaphor of like, a. I got it from uh, Devin from just a mental note. But the idea was, you know, if you have a broken arm, like people have sympathy for you, right? They're like, oh my God, that sucks. You know, oh, obviously you can't do all this stuff. But if you have a broken arm and you never get that taken care of and a year later, it's like, oh, like my arm is still broken. People start to get annoyed and they're like, why haven't you fixed it? Like, I, you know, put it in a, a brace at least. Um, but yeah, get it, get it checked out. The same thing with your mental health. If you are, if you are, if you have never gotten anything done with it, um, and listen, I'm not saying that things get changed overnight. Uh, excuse me, it get changed overnight. But at the same time, if you haven't done, if you haven't even tried, if you haven't even done anything about it, then you know, bombarding your friends over and over again with your problems, despite the fact that you don't want to, you don't actually solve them. All you want to do is, you know, uh, complain about them. Then it gets very, uh, gets very, uh, you know, hard to, to hard to deal with. And for this person, right, like, you know, when they're dealing with uh, a girlfriend who is, dr uh, you know, drinking and, you know, the other thing is we, we should talk about uh, this again, um, is the uh, the problem with women drinking so much is that they um, they have uh, they're more likely to, to suffer a lot of the long term effects and, and some of the short term effects of alcohol use. Um, I can't remember exactly what the idea was, but uh, I, Dr. Druid explained it. Uh, but the the basic idea was that they're um, they lack some type of protein or something like that to end up uh, digesting some of the alcohol. Um, but either way, like without science aside, it's just not a great great idea for them to drink a lot uh, like like men do, uh, and it's not a good idea for men to drink a lot either. So, uh, but I'm just saying, like women typically have like the worst consequences for it. Um, and that could lead to an early death as well. And, you know, when you're looking at somebody who is, and, you know, I have a, I have a friend like this that I, I'm kind of dealing with trying to figure out what I want to do going forward with this. Um, but, you know, because obviously I come from this mental health world, so I don't want to drag everybody into it. Um, but at the same time, I definitely see some early signs. Um, he's been doing a lot better, so... 
Um, but I feel like this is the yo-yo effect, right? He's just like, you know, he's up right now, but he's about to go down because of gravity, right? Um, with a yo-yo. So it, it's, you know, it's hard for me to, to, to deal with. But, you know, like, like I said, with this person dealing with somebody saying that they want to kill themselves over and over again. When, and, you know, the, the idea that she only does this when she's blackout drunk. Well, the problem is if you're always blackout drunk or if you're blackout drunk like twice or three times a week or even just one time a week, that means you have to listen to that that same um, line about them wanting to kill themselves, somebody that you love uh, every single week, it starts to add up really fast. And, you know, uh, you know, and in terms of feeling guilty, you're, yes, you're going to feel guilty. It's not, it's not your fault, but no matter how much I say that, it's not going to stop the guilt that you feel. Um, So yeah, accepting that you're going to feel guilty is a good way to go forward. Right. Um, but also realizing that that guilt is a knee, is 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 exactly what they said. It's a knee jerk reaction to the situation because you love this person so much, and just like any situation where we we lose somebody or something bad happens to somebody that we love, you always. Th- this is what I always think, at least. Um, I, I, actually, you know, I'll give you a great a great example. Right when my grandmother died, um, we had the funeral about a. Five, no, hold on. It was, she passed away last November. We had the funeral in June. And when I came over, um, it was interesting, right? I had dinner with a bunch of my, it was actually, I think I was the only guy there, <laughs> um, a bunch of my aunts and some of my cousins. And one of the things that happened was uh, one of the, uh, one of my aunts was saying, you know, like, oh man, um, you know, I should have gone over to, to, to mom's or my grandmother's uh, more. And, um, you know, that's just the way people think, man. That's just the way people think when they lose a loved one or they uh, something bad happens to a loved one. You just think, oh, there's so much stuff that I should have done. Um, maybe that's true, but it's not conductive. Sorry, it's not uh, It's not good to go all the to start thinking about all the stuff that you could have done in the past. You have to start thinking about the, th- the stuff that you're going to do in the future so that thing, these regrets don't happen again with other people that you love. So... Um, and that actually goes into one that I wanted to talk about. I ended up reading this one. It's very, very long. Uh, but the gist of it, um, just to summarize it, was that a uh, this uh, this woman uh, ends up, uh, I, I think it was her boyfriend, but basically ends up trying to hang himself. Um, he's, a, he's an alcoholic and um, basically tries to hang himself. He gets... Uh, uh, arrested, but you know they they end up uh, taking him over to like in cuffs, but they they end up taking him over to uh, a hospital where he's he's uh, monitored and stuff. Um, and the husband, the the boyfriend or husband, I can't remember exactly, kind of did this it to spite his the girl. Um, and he uh, he when she ends up going to the the hospital to to you know be with him, he ends up saying. Um, I'll read you the last part of this. He asked me to come to the hospital with him. I looked after the cats then got in my car and drove to the hospital. They had him in a quote unquote safe room where he, he can be watched 24 seven. And they allowed me to sit with him while the nurses did uh, blood work and whatnot. I stayed for almost five hours listening to how awful I was for leaving him and how he would never leave me alone like that. And that I left him alone to die, et cetera, et cetera. He then immediately switched his tone and asked me if I would stay there all night and come home with him tomorrow, basically trapping me into agreeing because if he gets left alone, he will just try to kill himself again. I told him I could not spend the night there. I had to go home and get some sleep, and that caused him to have a meltdown, crying, saying I was abandoning him, etc. 
This was one of those scariest, most effed up things I have ever experienced. I'm so traumatized right now. The last thing I want to do is go back to the house with him. He asked me to pick him up after the psychiatrist sees him in the morning, and I feel cornered. I don't want him to, ki to kill himself, but I also know I'm going to need a lot of therapy to deal with what happened. I'm not even sure why I'm posting this. I just needed to vent and need support. So this is going to sound very, very harsh. I want to make sure that's, that's, uh, that this is just my opinion, right? Uh, my opinion is you don't have to do any of the stuff that, you're that he's talking about. What he decides to do next is up to him. Um, and listen, very good chance. Uh, let's just be real. Um, he tried it once, uh, and probably could, could try it again, but you need to do something for yourself at this point and get away from that. That is a pretty clear sign of, a, of, a, of a, you know, if he's not abusing you now, uh, he's definitely going like, obviously he's emotionally abusing you. But this is one of those tactics that abusers use where I, – I, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? There was this uh, radio show that I used to listen to. It was based out of, like, San Francisco. But one of the things that they used to do was they used to um, take calls from couples that were, like, having problems and, you know, I guess try and solve them even though they were a bunch of, like <laughs> – they were a bunch of DJs that uh, just talked shit for uh, – sorry, talked crap. Sorry, I've been trying to stop cussing on this channel uh they stop they just start talking crap about people but one of the things that happened was there was this guy who had like a pretty bad anger problem like he every single time he'd get mad he would destroy his girlfriend's stuff and she brought him up on the radio and he was you know she was like you just keep breaking all my stuff and he came back with one of the crazy well okay let's not use the word crazy here okay well no it was pretty crazy let's just use it uh one of the craziest retorts i've ever heard so she ends up saying well you keep breaking all my stuff and if you keep doing this, I can't be with you. And so what he ends up saying, instead of addressing her point, right, which would have been, you know, whether or not it would have been wrong, it would have been the right thing to do. He ends up saying, well, what do you want me to do? You want me to just kill myself? That's kind of a sign of, of an abuser, somebody who is willing to use your guilt. Because the problem is you feel guilt. Do they feel guilt? I don't know. I would sure feel guilty if I was... Um, I guess to a certain degree, blackmailing my, my girlfriend like this. Uh, and, you know, maybe not in the moment, but, you know, uh, it, it almost seems like this person, this, this man in particular, uh, doesn't feel that same guilt and wants you and is using your guilt to manipulate you. The best thing to do for, for me, if I, let's just say this, okay. If I was in this person's shoes, um, and it doesn't sound like this this person has a romantic attachment to this person anymore, so it may, maybe may, it makes it easier, maybe it makes it harder. Who knows? Um, would be to leave them, uh, you know, to to leave the situation. Say, hey, I'm not responsible for you anymore. Um, I know you're at a vulnerable state in your life, and I know this could turn out very bad. But I, I need to do something for me right now, and I have to get away from you, or else. I could end up, you know, and this is the thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about, which is mental health is just as, is to, to me, it seems like it's just about as contagious as like physical health in the sense that um, if you have, because, you know, there, there's some people who, if you have a cold, their their immune system is just kick ass, right? Or their, you know, their immune system is just so like good that it just kicks all, all the germs that you try to give them out. But there are also some other people that end up just catching anything right and that's the problem with mental health right if you end up 
that that's why some of these support groups uh, or these forums and stuff, I worry about because if you have enough people that are mentally ill in one place that aren't getting help, by the way, like I don't mind if they're getting help and stuff, right? Like that's why I love AA. I love all those things. Um, but if they're not willing to get help and they're just telling other people, you know, they're just comforting other people, but they're also not telling them, hey, go get help or go be better. It's just a group of enablers that are enabling each other to be the worst version of, of themselves. I'll give you an example, right? With my friends, even though they are all, they all, you know, were, you know, pot smokers or drinkers or both, whatever, right? Um, you know, they never, the, the one thing that I, I, immediate, I immediately um, made me realize that they were going to be like good friends to me was the fact that when I quit smoking and when I quit drinking, they, well, most of them, right? There was one friend that had a little bit of a problem with it, but one, both, most of them were just like, you know what, man, you know what, man, it, dude, that's fine. You know, uh, I, I give them a shout out, right? Like my, my two co-hosts on, uh, anime casuals, Johnny and Michael, right? They, when I, when I quit smoking, I quit drinking, dude, they were like, they, they were like, yeah, dude, it's totally fine. Like it's, it doesn't stop us from, uh, you know, we're, it's not gonna stop us from doing the, the channel. In fact, it might actually help since drinking and drinking and drugs were the things that, that made you quit doing the channel in the first place. So, uh, anyway, that's a story for another time, but yeah, like when we're, when we're talking about this stuff, when somebody starts using guilt to sway your thinking, that's a pretty good indicator that you need to leave this person because if you're like me where you're, you, you know, I have a fair bit of shame. So, um, people can use that to, to their advantage and stuff. I don't have it as much anymore. Um, but I definitely did at one point. And let me tell you, man, there are a lot of things people can make you do. Um, if you're that, if you let, uh, if you let them manipulate you that much. So, Anyway, guys, that was uh, that, that was a pretty pretty tough one. Um, but yeah, let's do one more that has a little, you know, something to do with uh, with the last one, uh, a little bit. So it says anxious after uh, attachment. Sorry, anxious attachment after my Q died. Um, I have just begun dating again after my Q died. I'm real. Uh, I'm realizing I have a very intense anxious attachment style that I didn't have before. I can only attribute this to feel to the feeling of my Q dying all. Um, all the time while we were together and the constant sense of danger around every corner. I feel like the people I talk to are going to in some way or another leave. Has anyone dealt with this or heard of this? It's starting to cause issues for me. Um, so I'm uh, not to not in like a statistical sense, just because, you know, I haven't looked into that or anything like that. I'm sure it's a very common thing. Um, but to a certain degree, yeah. I mean, I had a little bit of the same thing when, um, when people started, you know, I, I, I talked about this, right. Ever since like 20 late 2017 to, uh, to now, um, people have just been dying in my life. And to a certain degree, it's just gotten me to the point where, I mean, you know, it, it, this sounds very selfish and it was at the time, but I got to the point in like 20, maybe 2020 or something like that. It'd be, I think it was before the pandemic, but where I just started thinking like, who's going to leave me next. Right. Like they, you know, like they had a choice to, to leave me, right? Um, even though a lot of people people died of old age or, or disease and stuff. But I was like, why? Uh, you know, who else is going to leave me? And it translated into my, my daily life too. You know, when is this friend going to leave me? And it just started making me crave um, having less 
emotional attachments to people. Um, there's a character in Naruto named uh, Sasuke who's like his main rival, and one of the things that happens a little bit of spoiler for like the first the like when Naruto is really little, but one of the things that he ends up wanting to do to gain more power is to get rid of the the, the bonds that he has in order to become stronger because. Um, he feels that all of these bonds are making him weak, and that's how I felt to be to be honest with you. Like all these bonds that were around me, I felt like they were just making me weak because every single time one of them would break due to death or something like that, or somebody would leave my life, it was so debilitating um, afterwards. But then I just started realizing that every single time there was a death, because I had all of these bonds, all of these uh, people were around me to pick me back up. Um, so you have to be careful about you know, skew, I'm not saying, you know, that's what this person has to do, right? Obviously, they seem like they have an actual uh, disorder, but you have to be careful about, uh, you know, using uh, one person's uh, death or, you know, it could be like a betrayal as well uh, to, to label everybody in your life like that. Um, I know for me, it, it was very detrimental to me forming new relationships. Because if I was going to form a new relationship, it was just another potential um, attachment that could, that could leave, you know, that could hurt me, you know? So um, yeah, definitely something to look after. You know, the, uh, you should probably, you know, if you're going to see like a therapist, maybe find somebody that has specialty. Uh, when my grandfather died, I saw, I, I saw a therapist who was uh, specialized in grief counseling so yeah, like a grief counselor or something like that, or you know anything like that, or you know talk to other people who were were in this Q, your Q's life. Maybe uh you know if you're still cool with his family, maybe um maybe talk to them, see see how that uh see see if you can strike some middle ground, or maybe uh, you know find some camaraderie in that. Um, I know that sounds strange when we're talking about death, but you'd be surprised at how close people get after a death, even though. You know, you can make the argument maybe they should have been closer during, you know, during that person's life. That's definitely an argument to be had. But at the same time, um, death does have a way of making us realize how important life is. So anyway, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, remember, you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email uh, me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. Also, I will have a link uh, to this, uh, excuse me, this subreddit. Uh, the Alanon subreddit in the description box down below if you'd like to become a part of it or, uh, yeah, do kind of what I'm doing where you can just comment on people's uh, uh, posts and, you know, help them out. But anyway, guys, remember you can check out, oh, sorry, <laughs> oh, went off on my, uh, went about to do like a reverse of everything. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.